This is a podcast by The Business Times. Welcome to Wealth with BT. Learn to protect and grow your wealth in this monthly podcast series by The Business Times, hosted by BT Wealth Editor Genevieve Kwa. This episode is brought to you by Prudential. Hi there. In this episode, we're going to talk about longevity and its impact on your health and wealth. Getting older is part of life, but has the reality of living a long life really set in? Today, men in Singapore can expect to live until around 81, and women until age 85. In 2017, the average person can expect to live to 83. By 2040, the average lifespan in Singapore is likely to exceed 85 years. And of course, there are outliers, those who live until their 90s or past 100. Personally, I find the prospect of living a very long life scary. But it's a distinct possibility for me for a couple of reasons. First, I'm pretty healthy. Thank goodness for that, right? With no chronic conditions that I'd need to declare if I were to buy an insurance policy now. And second, well, my family history precedes me. My maternal grandparents lived until their 90s. But here's the thing. Living to a good senior age should be a welcome thing. But with some caveats. Health is a big caveat. For example, on another personal note, my mother, who turns 88 this year, suffered a stroke in 2017 and has never recovered her full physical ability since, even though the doctor initially said her stroke was mild. Having covered the insurance sector for many years, I'm frequently reminded of the so-called activities of daily living, like feeding, transferring, toileting. Almost all my mother's five to six activities of daily living were impacted by the stroke. Fortunately, she need not worry about the cost of her medical and home care, which includes the cost of caregiving and frequent physical therapy. Health and wealth are the twin concerns that Singaporeans quite understandably have when considering the prospect of a long life. Health because, well, a long life should ideally be lived free of disability and chronic illnesses, even though the chances of that are low. And wealth, because your savings should be able to finance your lifestyle when you no longer earn a regular income. Not only that, but your savings may have to cover health emergencies too. Not all health expenses can be covered by insurance, unfortunately. Just recently, I interviewed the chairman of a major healthcare group. And he mentioned, somewhat jokingly, the 80-20 rule, that 80% of your biggest medical and health expenses occur in the last 20 years of your life. Or, as he jokingly put it, maybe even the last 20 days of your life. Let's tackle the twin concerns of health and wealth. In health, there is a distinct risk that as we get older, we'll suffer more chronic conditions. That is, we may well have multiple chronic conditions at the same time. This is something called multimorbidity. According to Prudential's Healthy for 100 report, more than half of residents over the age of 60 suffer more than one chronic condition, like high blood pressure together with heart disease and diabetes. The technical measure of the disease burden, which refers to the average number of years lived with a disability, or a long-term medical condition, is rising in Singapore, 
Prudential's report cited statistics for one specific and very common condition of cardiovascular disease. Between 1990 and 2016, almost a third more people became afflicted with cardiovascular disease. The care for people who suffer more than one chronic disease is more complex because the diseases have to be treated without unintended side effects or drug interactions. The report's researchers conducted a survey of more than 200 clinicians and healthcare providers. It found that about half of the respondents agree that, from a health and wellness point of view, only half of Singaporeans are ready to live to 100. The parallel survey of Singapore residents reflected even more concern, as 55% admitted that they are not ready, from a health and wellness point of view, to reach 100. Separately, a Singapore survey on retirement, published by the Society of Actuaries and the Secure Retirement Institute in 2018, found a few things of concern. One, respondents underestimate their life expectancy by as much as 20%. Which suggests that the retirement funding gap is larger than people expect or plan for. Specifically, respondents expected to live another 21.7 years after they turn 60, but in reality, they could live another 28 years. Two, respondents are also concerned about healthcare costs not covered by their social insurance. It said that 60% of an individual's lifetime healthcare expenses. Occur in old age, specifically after the age of 65. There are a number of insurance plans to cover health risks, like critical illness plans, for example. And what all Singaporeans have in common is the MediShield Life under the CPF, which provides a basic level of hospital cover. This can be supplemented by private integrated shield plans. But what we have to remember is that shield plans are hospital and surgical plans. The cost of outpatient care for chronic conditions may fall outside those plans. For our senior years, there is also the Care Shield Life, which is a long-term severe disability plan that I'd encourage you to take up if you haven't subscribed yet. Health emergencies like a stroke could saddle you with severe disabilities, for which the cost of care can be very high. We have with us Kimi Oh, who is Prudential's Senior Financial Services Director. To give us some insights on health and wealth planning, welcome Kimi to our program, Wealth with BT. Hi, Jen. First of all, thanks for having me here to your program. Kimi, healthcare costs in senior years can be the most burdensome. In terms of the actions people can take to mitigate the future long-term costs of healthcare, what do you see as the must-have elements for Singaporeans when they plan for their senior years? And how well do people address or fulfill these elements? Some elements that one may consider in terms of healthcare provision will be number one, a self-sufficient health insurance coverage. One needs to ensure that he or she is covered under health insurance that suits personal need and budget for the whole of life. This means, other than getting the health insurance coverage, you need to plan for the funding of the insurance premiums, especially during your retirement. When you have no or less income, the second part would be the long-term care. As one ages, he or she could become severely disabled and may need long-term care. This could arise due to sudden events such as stroke or accident that injured the spinal cord, 
worsening chronic conditions and diseases such as diabetes or the progression of illnesses as we age. In general, I would say majority of the Singaporeans will have done some basic financial planning for both the elements thanks to our nation healthcare insurance schemes where the premium is mainly covered using their CPF funds. However, they often overlook on the sustainability of the insurance coverage during their retirement due to the depletion of their CPF fund and the inflation of the healthcare costs. Kimi O, oh, Prudential Senior Financial Services Director. This episode is brought to you by Prudential. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. We've just been talking about how longevity raises health risks. Now let's look into the second concern of wealth or retirement savings. There's no getting away from it. Saving for retirement requires discipline to set aside sums regularly through thick and thin. Generally, there are a number of broad principles, like starting early, which enables you to harness the power of compounding, and making sure you do invest in some risk assets, because by staying mainly in cash, the value of your money threatens to be eaten up by inflation, which has become a major concern lately. And if you're investing in stocks and bonds, make sure to be diversified, because this ensures that a disaster in one sector or a single company will not jeopardize your entire savings. As much as possible, we need to avoid any permanent loss of capital, which may occur if a company goes bankrupt, for example, or suffers a disaster like fraud, which causes a steep loss of value. Most of all, make sure to pay yourself first via your CPF. That is, to top up your CPF retirement sum or CPF life account so that you at least have a level of retirement income that is low cost and assured for life. The 2018 Retirement Survey, which I cited earlier by the Society of Actuaries and the Secure Retirement Institute, shows that many Singaporeans regret that they delayed retirement planning. A huge proportion, about 80% of respondents, expect a huge gap in retirement funds when they turn 60. Only 20% expect to have more than 81% of the funds they need to lead a comfortable retired life. Now I'd like to address some big concerns, which have surfaced lately alongside the huge market volatility this year. Markets are in turmoil for quite a number of reasons. One is inflation, which has hit the 40-year high in the U.S. of 8%. Two is the prospect of a sustained rise in interest rates because of inflation. The prospect of higher interest rates is causing turmoil in both equities and bond markets. For equities, higher rates prompt a re-rating of valuations downwards, which is why you see particularly steep price drops among technology stocks. As for bonds, bond prices move in the opposite direction from interest rates and inflation. So the so-called lower-risk assets like bond funds have actually lost money this year, even some funds that are supposed to be cash alternatives. We've talked about the importance of diversification. Kimmy, I'd like to get your perspective on the challenges for savers, particularly those near or in retirement, who need to be invested in lower-risk assets like bonds. How do you suggest they should approach their portfolio in order to invest with confidence and still reap the rewards of growth? It is natural that clients who are risk-adverse will worry about losing their money on investment. 
However, it doesn't mean we have to avoid investment at all costs. With proper risk management, they will still be able to reap the fruit of investment. For a start, one may seek guidance from an investment expert or consultant. So investing, as it can be a complex, daunting, and time-consuming process if you are a newbie to investment. Next, spend some time finding out and understanding your risk profile, such as your investment objectives, your investment time horizon, holding power, and risk appetite with the help of your investment expert or consultants or gurus. With that in mind, you can then look into a portfolio that's catered to your risk profile. Try to go for a more diversified portfolios that provide auto-balancing and regular monitoring. These are important features where the fund managers will make changes to your portfolio, reacting to the recent marketing situations on a regular interval such as monthly, quarterly, or half-yearly. This might help to manage your investment risk while keeping you on track to your investment objective. There is yet another aspect of retirement portfolios that is very important, and that is the withdrawal rate. When you no longer work, you naturally need to draw down on your portfolio to fund your living expenses. The challenge in this phase is to ensure that your portfolio can sustain you for your lifetime, however long that may be. When you retire, say at age 65, your savings may need to last as long as 25 to 30 years. So while most of your savings will be in lower-risk assets, you will still need to take some risk to ensure inflation does not dilute the purchasing power of your money when you need it the most. Your withdrawals are also likely to be regular, but the market itself and the value of investments will fluctuate. Kimmy, how do you go about planning or advising how much retirees can withdraw from their portfolios and savings to ensure that their savings will last their lifetime and even through market volatility? For planning on retirement, it is important to understand the types of lifestyle that you want to retire with in order to determine on the annual retirement income needed. With that, you will then build your portfolio that will potentially achieve an annual return that is as close as possible to your income needed during your retirement. So in principle, as long as you don't withdraw more than the annual yield of your retirement portfolio, there should be enough fundings to last you to your older age. Kimi Oh, who is Prudential's Senior Financial Services Director, there you have it. Most Singaporeans would likely already have done some financial planning. But for a start, it helps to get your assumptions right on your lifespan, and that will help to guide your planning for your future health and wealth. That's it for today's episode of Wealth with BT. Until next time, thanks for listening. This episode of Wealth with BT with Genevieve Kwa is brought to you by Prudential. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note, all analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert 
for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.